Hello, I'm Ryan Boll, a Stratfor Middle East and North Africa analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, powered by Stratfor, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Learn more at worldview.stratfor.com. You're listening to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. Europe is facing an energy crisis. As we've discussed on this podcast recently, the price of natural gas is at an all-time high. Winter is approaching, and that brings with it an increased demand for fossil fuels like coal and oil. Meanwhile, Russia is poised to come to Europe's aid. But will it? That's a question for Stratfor Eurasia analyst at Rain, Matthew Orr. Welcome, Matthew. Hi, Emily. It's great to be here. What's behind Europe's energy crisis? Yeah, the, the short answer is that there, there's a lot of factors. And to start, I think we should be clear about what, what this crisis is, right? So as you mentioned, we've seen record electricity prices uh, across several countries in Europe, as well as record uh, natural gas prices. The two are, are closely linked because natural gas is obviously often used for Electricity generation. Uh, you know, as far as what is the reason for for these high prices, there, uh, as with any uh, energy market, there's it's a very complex situation, right? So there's the the decline of kind of the traditional gas suppliers to Western Europe, places like Norway and Algeria. Uh, there's also a very peculiar uh, situation in the global LNG market where. Uh, LNG that would uh, often go to Europe is actually all going to Asia because Asia is, is uh, amidst its own uh, energy crisis. And a lot of this is being driven by, uh, you know, high oil prices and uh, generally the high, the, the inflationary uh, pressures kind of that are uh, global right now. And so all of that just means that uh, prices for, for natural gas are, are indeed hitting uh, all-time highs in Europe. Well, can you explain to me a little more about what Russia's role in this situation is? Yeah. So as far as what uh, Gazprom's role in the crisis is, it depends on who you ask. Uh, so, of course, uh, in the Kremlin in Russia, uh, President Putin very clearly said that uh, the the idea that Russia was manipulating the market was a baseless accusation and that there was no uh, hard evidence for it. Uh, but uh, if you if you look at certain places, it, it actually is uh, quite easy to find uh, evidence for it. So uh, basically, um, how kind of the natural gas market works in Europe is that uh, prices go up in the winter uh, and they go down uh, in the summer when demand uh, tends to be lower. And it's during the the summer that uh, European states fill their storage uh, with the with the cheaper gas to then use in the winter, and so. The, the storage uh, traditionally builds in the summer. This year, starting way back as early as late spring, it was noticeable that storage in Europe was not refilling uh, as fast as normal. And that became much clearer uh, by, by midsummer and, of course, by late summer, where uh, storage was not being filled at the same rate. And it became clear that it was, it was Gazprom specifically that was not uh, filling its European storage and was not sending additional gas so that uh, other other countries or other holders could uh, fill their storage. And uh, the reason for this is that Gazprom did not want to book additional transit volumes through Ukraine. And so if you look at historical transit volumes through Ukraine, you'll see that Russia has been keeping just to the bare minimum of, of its contracts. But in some cases, it's, it's shipping less gas 
then it's already getting paid for. So it's, it's under shipping the gas. This all contributes to this environment where less gas uh, is getting to Europe than uh, is normal. And so it's, it's kind of resonated in, in, and across Europe led to uh, several analysts and even, and even uh, uh, politi- politicians say that uh, Gazprom is engaging in a market manipulation effort. Uh, these accusations were then uh, bolstered by reporting uh, that basically suggested that uh, this was a, a plot hatched by Gazprom several months ago with two major objectives. Uh, those two objectives were firstly to get the Nord Stream 2 pipeline certified, basically to use high prices to demonstrate that the pipeline is in fact necessary. And then, of course, Putin has done precisely that, where at a recent forum he said that the easiest way to alleviate the gas crunch in Europe would be to uh, certify and allow the speedy operation of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And then the the Kremlin's second objective is to push European states back into long-term gas contracts. Uh, Basically, over the past 10, 15 years, there's been this tendency where the companies that buy Russian gas have been moving away from long-term contracts with Gazprom and moving towards reliance on the spot market where basically they just buy uh, gas at from whoever at whatever the spot price is. And that's not good for the Kremlin because the spot market tends to be more competitive and therefore cheaper than the long-term contract. So that would hurt uh, Gazprom's margins. And so as the global energy markets become more competitive in the future through things like more LNG and even in Europe, new resources in the Eastern Mediterranean and the Black Sea, uh, Gazprom very correctly felt threatened that its margins could take an un- unnecessary hit if it didn't demonstrate uh, uh, to Europe the, the necessity of long-term contracts and of uh, Nord Stream to to deliver it. Matthew, how long is this situation going to continue? Yeah, that's really the, the golden question. And it's not exactly clear. There are some indications Putin has said himself that um, potentially even as soon as November 8th, uh, additional volumes would begin coming into Europe and Gazprom would be uh, begin filling its underfilled storage across the continent. But there's really no guarantee that that's uh, the case. Uh, in fact, uh, Gazprom is not, currently Gazprom has not booked more gas deliveries to Europe across the main routes, those being uh, through Poland on the Yamal pipeline, and of course through Ukraine's large transit system, uh, the Nord Stream One pipeline is basically at capacity, near capacity, and the the other route, the kind of Turk Stream Southern route, doesn't fully reach the key European markets, places like Germany and Austria and, and the Netherlands, etc. And, and so it appears doesn't appear that truly significant volumes could come in until uh, probably closer to December. And even in that case, uh, it's unclear that Gazprom will be truly willing to do so in such volumes that it would return gas prices to anywhere near their historic norms. Um, And so this situation looks like it's most likely uh, going to persist for several months and probably through the winter. But a lot will depend on exactly how cold uh, this European winter is. What are the long-term consequences of this kind of gas strategy from Russia? Yeah, another really important question. Looking historically, there's been a kind of a consensus that uh, this kind of gas politics, this uh, the so-called energy weapon, has not really been in Gazprom's interest because basically, yes, they get certain short-term uh, benefits, short-term 
uh, profit increases from higher prices, but in the long term, it incentivizes uh, these European states to uh, move away from Russian gas that they feel is coercive and to basically diversify and move towards other energy sources. And so it's looking like th- this will be yet another incident that will go down kind of in the history books as a reason to move away from uh, Russian gas uh, as it provides both a political stimulus because countries don't like being subject to coercion. And then, of course, a, a, a financial stimulus as gas is uh, quite expensive Uh, Putin has said himself that the the prices are maybe even too high because it will just uh, stimulate and make alternatives to gas more competitive. Matthew Orr is Stratfor Eurasia analyst at RAIN. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Emily. The geopolitical tensions between Russia and the West have reached a defining moment. You can find out what will happen next with RAIN Worldview, powered by Stratfor. You can try it out. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter at stratfor.com slash worldview. That's stratfor.com slash worldview. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.